offseason. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. We work our way through the off-season here, getting closer and closer to July 4th. Typically, we would do a big old hot dog eating contest podcast here on the eve of July 4th. But the markets are a little messed up this year, and he can explain to you why via DM. Maybe we'll do a hot dog eating stream closer to July 4th. We could, um, we could do one over the weekend, but yeah, they, they had like only two of the qualifiers. Um, our favorite girl, Mickey, is out because she's super pregnant, and no yeah. doctor is going to let you ingest that amount of hot dogs and sodium when you're like yeah. eight months along. So the, the hot dog contest is kind of, kind yeah. of bupkis this year. The hot dog eating syndicate told us take the year off, so we're going to take the year off. Um, and f- that actually afforded us the perfect opportunity to cover a sport which we consistently uh, do not give our our listeners due attention, um, and that is the sport of college football. Obviously, a lot of parallels between the NFL and college football. We are NFL guys. We choose to stay in our lane and really only handicap NFL on a week-by-week basis during the regular season. But there are very smart people that we know in the college football space that we really feel like we ought to help shed a light on so that you guys can follow the right people, get the advantage information to help you make better wagers. Uh, And today we are excited to welcome for the first time uh, to the deep dive, a guy that I think I have followed about college football info 10 years, maybe conservatively. Uh, So pretty excited to get to talk to him. Uh, he uh, writes and does content for 24-7 Sports. Uh, of course, the Nullcast. Uh, we, and I'm, I'm sure some more will we'll get the full rundown from you in a bit here. But um, welcome to the deep dive, Mr. Bud Elliott. Guys, long-time listener, first-time caller. This is, this is exciting. <laughs> oh, I love the setup. Listen to that sound. That is, that is good. Yes. That Are is you guys good. still doing nice. the, uh, the, the halftime periscopes for the NFL as well? Oh, yeah. For this year, oh yeah, right. oh, yeah. Oh, we're getting oh, we're yeah. getting warmed up, getting ready for those because we, I mean, more more got put on our plate this year. We have a week seventeen that is, you know, three more periscopes, I suppose, because they'll have a Monday night or Thursday night for that extra week thrown in there. So, a lot on our plate this year, and then that kind of makes me, you know, we, we again we had the outline, but now I now I'm have a instant question right off the top, like when does college football start? Because I always feel like, well, like you know, it's it's is it's a labor day, uh, it, 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 but uh, but there's like a little pre there's like well, a week there zero a week, that, there, yeah exactly that's and there my a week question. zero that, the week, week that zero? we all go to the Vegas and sign up for the super contest typically Sneaks or now the circuit day. contest which is now yeah. the premier contest is so I've heard oh is it it's different this year I well I, I'm just making I'm making a joke because a lot one of is, folks one is kind starting of, to be better I, than the other yeah yeah the circus circus strong strong arming the the um. The, 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 the crown away from the Westgate in terms of top football contest. But regardless, is there a week zero this year? There is. So like okay. most of the games are going to be on, on Labor Day weekend, but there's always a couple games on the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday, because ESPN's got to fill inventory. CBS Sports Network has got to fill inventory. And they, yeah, they're like, hey, this game might suck if it's, in a, you know, if it's in a slot of 10 other games, but if we flex it out, it's uh, not that bad. You guys want to play on a Wednesday? 
And all the schools were like, mm, do we have a choice with our TV contract? The networks were like, I know. So <laughs> let, let's go play midweek. <laughs> I remember some funny ones, too. There was like they, they did a California and well, there's Hawaii one in played Australia. in Australia. Australia. You remember that one? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there's some weird ones always that are kind of kick off the uh, kick off the, the season. But um, as far yeah. as kind of your prep in the offseason goes, when, when do you really kind of get into the meat of your offseason prep? Is it pretty much right after the national championship game? Are you already kind of ahead of the ball before the season ends? Or, you know, what is your your kind of timetable for handling the offseason? Yeah, so I, I pretty much just am updating my spreadsheets as soon as the season is over. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, you know, which recruits are really going to be instant impact guys, which recruits are more, you know, highly rated because they're 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 rated more based on their ceiling rather than you know what their instant impact uh, could be, and you got to be monitoring a couple of things. So it used to just be who's going pro early, right? You take you, you, you redline everybody who ran at eligibility, and then you marked off everybody who went pro early. You went and you reviewed okay who missed the season due to injury that maybe was good the the year prior to the one that sure. we just played. Uh, but now you also have to watch transfer portal. Uh, up until actually tomorrow, because tomorrow is the last day that kids can actually jump into the portal and be eligible for the fall season uh, without a waiver. Uh, it, you can still kind of be eligible if you get a waiver. I don't know what the grounds for the waiver uh, would be, but tomorrow is the last day. So if you are not into the portal by July 1 uh, for this season, and in future years, it'll be May 1, by the way, just with COVID, they extended it out. Uh, sure, uh, sure. So like the portal thing is a really big deal. And I know for us at 24-7 Sports, not totally gambling-related, but certainly gambling-related, uh, we're, we're trying to talk to coaches and talk to high, you know, high school coaches and everything. Hey, what? why is this kid transferring, right? Like, did, did he suck in practice? He never really saw the field. What's the deal? And in some cases, like, yeah, man, he just he doesn't get it. Like, he's, he, he doesn't have that mentality that's going to allow him to be successful at the college level, so maybe a change of scenery will help him or – like I had one coach tell me, hey, we love this kid. He just ran out of drug tests he could pass, man. And if, if you transfer schools, <laughs> you know, like, and he's going to be a starter. He, he's going to be a starter at a, uh, yeah. at a at a championship contender, you know. So we, we, we got a decent wrestler transferred in in high school. And it was like, you know, what, well, well, how did we end up with this kid? Like, oh, he got expelled for a bomb threat. Like, but, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's right? like, hey, guess what? You're on the team, bud. Um, and, and that that makes me it makes me think too. Like, honestly, you just gave me a stomach ache, really, talking transfer portal because I do college basketball and I haven't caught up on that. And that oh. is, you know, three hundred. What a, oh, what a, what oh, a dynamic mess! But and I don't want to put you on the spot with like an exact number, but like how many people went into the transfer portal roughly in college football? In you know, just the, I mean, even in just like the power conferences or I'm, I'm not sure if you've broken it down by anything like that i actually uh, i think i have it right here um chris hummer is a good follow on twitter he's kind of our transfer portal guru cool. uh, for it I, I think we had like a thousand kids but i don't know if it's Jesus. broken down but it, that's not all fbs right so I, I think that's fcs and d2 as well um that's still a lot yeah right wow, so <laughs> Now, for our ratings, I think we ended up putting new star ratings, I believe, on 200 kids for the upcoming cycle, which is still wow. a lot, to be honest, right? Yeah. Everybody else is sort of, you know, if we missed on you, we missed on you. Otherwise, we're just going to kind of slap two stars. And that, that's from talking to all these staffs. Hey, who are you really excited to get? You know, who, who looked good for you guys in spring? Why did you get this kid? And sometimes we're like, look, man, we just, we're really tight with this high school coach and 
he was ready for change of scenery. He wanted to come back home. His mom was sick. So there's a lot of stuff. It's not just, hey, take his high school rating and then regress it a little bit because he had to transfer. But you, you do kind of start from your your high school evaluation you made on the kid since we put all the ratings on, on the recruits here at 24-7. Uh, but then you got to really deep dive into it to, <laughs> to use the pod day uh, to figure out what uh, what what the reason for the kid transfer is and the likelihood of success you know, at the next level. You know, I, this is like blowing my mind because I I we we I stay I, Andy may have his own reason. And Andy it is a masochist that bets college basketball, anyways. But I stay away from college football specifically because of this. The amount of work and the minutia yeah. and the details to get all of this right is just mind blowing. And yes, if you want to do a good job, you have to have it at this level. I mean, we we've I mean, shoot, man, last year I feel like. All of the actionable college football, I bet, was like we had heard or saw a weird beat report was like, oh, yeah, that quarterback not going to play, you know, or like, you know, this this wide receiver, his top wide receiver is going to be out. No one knows. The like, yeah, the long, all, all of that stuff was so, so incredible last year. And uh, and the places we heard it and where it came from, all where all that originated. Oh, my God. It, there's no way anyone can on, honestly do a fair job of covering that all. So hat tip to you guys for trying wow. to, to kind of go through and star rate everyone for their specific situation, which is what you have to do if you want to take it to that level. So uh, well, how many, not, how many of those games did we bet that didn't even happen? Exactly. Like, Your biggest edges ended up being canceled. Games. At least 33%. Yeah. 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 And it, it was never confirmed. It was Mond, but it, people implied it was him and that game didn't happen. And then the Liberty game that didn't have, we were way ahead on that one didn't oh. happen, but no, it, it, it is wild. And I'd like to talk to, again, to add to Drew's point and again, hat tip what you guys are doing, like the people that we know that bet college football actively heavily, heavily and stuff like they'll say stuff during games. Like, Hey, which linebacker was that that got hurt? Cause if yeah. it's 55, he matters. <laughs> was that LB 55? Like, really? I couldn't see. Like, 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 I don't, oh, wow. yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like, and then we're scrambling like, Hey, is this guy important or not? And we, I mean, <laughs> we don't even know the quarterback's name. In those games. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what year was this? Oh, 2018 when uh, um, Will Greer went out for West Virginia and announced he wasn't going to play the bowl game. I had seen the backup play a lot in seven on, and I just I knew he couldn't play. I'm like this kid, <laughs> he he can't play. And so <laughs> I was at my in laws and I grabbed the laptop and I just every live account I had. My wife's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, just, don't worry about it. Can he get some mountaineers? I'm I'm paying for our, uh, Christmas, our Christmas vacation. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that's good. Uh, so I guess what kind of a team does it take to follow all this? Do you have a team of like 20 guys doing this? So we, we have a, a really good team 24 seven. Chris Hummer uh, primarily runs it. And then we have a bunch of guys in the background who are fishing for information. We have importantly here, a, a network of, of team sites. I mean, we have 60 something team sites. So pretty much one for all the big schools out there. Um, the coaching staffs, they talk to us. Why? Because unlike a lot of the regular media out there, we talk to the recruits. Sure. I mean, I'm not out there interviewing tons of recruits anymore, but like, you know, our, our team site guys, they are. They're going to these regional camps and these local camps over the weekend. And the, the schools, that they can't talk on the record about it, but they damn sure want to know what's going on with this kid. Did he say anything about me? What did he think? Like, you know, who drove him to the camp? Because they're trying to figure out, like, who does the transportation for this kid, right? Sure. If he does. So you end up swapping a lot of info as to who will actually be good as a transfer and and, and who won't, you know? Um, and then we also have 
our our guys who do the, the recruiting rankings are, are really good. We've been the most accurate service of the major three for I think three or four years running now, and nice. they put a lot of time to it. So we we lean on those guys as well. What did you remember about this guy? All right, was this more of an upside grade or was it more of like a sure thing you know, sure thing grade and uh, and go from there? But it's it's a I would say probably like fifteen people probably touch it, and wow. then that's also talking to our team site folks. I love that. Last question about the transfer portal. Are you expecting a bunch tomorrow? Like, is there going to be like a late crunch here? I think we're going to see some. Tennessee had a a kid who's a D tackle who started six games for them. uh, Jump in right right as we hit record tonight. Jeez. Wow. Okay. (laughs) These markets are going to move. Okay. Maybe the Arizona State stuff. That's the other one I'm watching. Like, like if if I think about what a waiver situation might be, um, if they had something go down there, I don't know if if you guys have been following that, but. are they in trouble? Uh, it, was just paying, it, was, it was playing to win the games, paying to win the game. Excuse me. Yeah, apparently they were flying kids in to visit during COVID, uh, which is like not allowed to pay for kids to visit, and you're not allowed to have kids visit during COVID when you have like an 18 month COVID lockdown. And they were just like allegedly, of course, all um, all alleged until until right. the NCAA rules on that. No, no, it makes me. I was going to make the comparison about like all that work you're doing, and we're like complaining that we. I was going to say, like, oh, no, we have, like, six new offensive coordinators in the <laughs> NFL. We have to, like, exactly. We have to, like, figure and, – but, and it leads me to the question, like, how much work does that take with all the coaches that move yeah. around? I mean, coaches retiring, coaches moving to the pros, moving to high school, moving to other teams. I mean, the co-offensive coordinators, like, just figuring out who, who's even calling plays for some of these lower-level teams. Like, is that is is that all part of it, too, when you – like, th- does that play into some of the grading as well? Like, hey, this guy's going here, but uh, they're losing some coaching, and we have to downgrade a kid. So I, I, I think the coaching, it can matter in it some if you understand this kid's going to a certain place where the fit is is really good, right? Like, hey – he had another player at a previous stop who was a very similar player to this. He knows how to utilize him. Okay, like, for instance, uh, Bailey Zappi, right? He's the quarterback at Houston Baptist, the, te- the the FCS team that put up, like, 50-something points on Texas Tech this year. He and their offensive coordinator hightailed it to Western Kentucky. Hmm. I'm going to bet Western Kentucky team total over and, and, and game over every single, you know, obviously, like, well, I probably shouldn't have said it, but – <laughs> That's I'm not, not going to give you the other yeah, ones, but like out. the thing yeah. is, what you need to do is if you kind of keep in mind like who's on which coaching tree, you can sort of just kind of put them into buckets, right? This this guy wants to go fast. This guy wants to chuck the ball at the time. This guy just wants to run the ball first and second down, and then have his quarterback hopelessly bail him out on, on third and eight. Yeah, which is you know you guys being the NFL, it's are, NFL material, yeah. Yeah, no, well, I think I, I I don't remember if we were talking about if I was messaging you about this or if I was trying to track it down from somewhere else. But I remember that coaching move specifically because of the difference in pace of play was like it was like first percentile to 99th. And so it was like, this is going to be a big deal. And if that guy had any input on the game plan for the bowl, it was like, well, this has got to be an over. Like oh, we got it, we got this. Now. You remember? You remember? We were and we I were do, messaging everyone. Like, like, was he in the <laughs> meeting? Like, because because there was all these reports. He was on campus, and it was like, well, is he actually there? Like helping? You know, like, what's going to happen? But re- regardless, we uh, could do we could do three yeah. hours on ball season because it's like <laughs> you know, and people will make this joke about the NBA and college ball and the NFL and college football. Like, they're not the same sport because they're kind of not. It, it, I mean, it's football, it's basketball. But they're not the same sport. Bowl season is not the same sport. No, 
I don't, I don't bet the Bulls pre-flop. Bowl, bowl season is a whole different. Like you talk about the, the just the mess of mess that you have with the transfer portal. Just the last few years yeah. of bowl season, trying to figure out who's out. Like you, may, you mentioned Florida. the Greer, the Greer yeah. thing, and, and not only that, but like the, the coaching thing. Oh, you know, Florida, was Florida, Florida, Oklahoma was incredible. Like, Trask, Trask definitely shouldn't have played that game. That cost too much money. <laughs> but yeah, the, the and the coaching stuff there. You'll have coaches who are taking other jobs, and they say, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick it out for the bowl game." And you can tell, like, well, this guy doesn't really give a shit. Or you know, there's they're they're bringing in partial new staffs. It's like they're bringing in a new staff, and they're going to game plan for some team they haven't played in 16 years. And again, this will this will definitely work out, even without three weeks to prep. And with the early signing period now on on December 18th, some of these bowls are played like literally that week. So yeah. these coaches are. What do you think they care about more, a bowl game or getting their class signed? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's the time to go recruiting. Yeah, if it's the Tax Slayer Bowl or the Bad Boy Mower Bowl, that's a big deal. Um, so if you can get a Gasparilla tough, tough call. Yeah. yeah, if you can get a Gasparilla, that's that's a tough tough call, man. Really, um, get yeah, the, she, drop. I mean, the yeah. giant cheese. You want you want that giant cheese trophy? I, you, you know, you can only get that one way. <laughs> There's only one way to get that. And if you're if you're uh, TCU and your quarterback punches the bouncer the night before the game, then you can't you can't get it at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's kind of pivot a little bit. And I want to kind of get your thoughts on what transpired last year. Um, as we were kind of mentioning, I had, a, I, I was you know, looking just at my balance sheet, my bankroll of, you know, of college, uh, excuse me, college football plays. Great year. Great season. Nothing, nothing weird, nothing wrong about it. I would take many more of those. Um, but you boil it down and it was just total freaking chaos. A lot of these teams only played six games. You had, so many cancellations and just guys unavailable available and you know again kind of back to the million moving parts thing the hell do you do with any of that data right like was this a good team performance because they just happened to play great that day or was the opposing team missing half of their defense like which was it who knows do you remember i don't remember i mean do you, you know how, what do you kind of do with last year's data and does that impact your ability to kind of put together a reasonable prior for any team heading into this season? To me, you, you can't completely throw it out. But I also think if you weight it like you would normally weight a, a full season's worth of, of data, it's it's probably a mistake. Uh, like like you mentioned, th- think about the opening game, you know, for Michigan, Minnesota. Minnesota was missing like of their nine starting linemen on both sides of the ball. They were missing like seven of them. And Michigan looked great. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I totally underrated Michigan this year. This is, And then I realized, oh, well, actually, um, Minnesota's got all these guys out. It, it was a, it was really a tough year for me. I tried to at least do a pre-flop. Is that me? I think it's no, that, that's okay. 100% true. He actually lives on a racetrack, oh, and they're, okay. they're, they're coming around the third turn. I'm sure that's Drew's neighbor just being an a-hole. Yeah, with yeah, my neighbor's, neighbor's gardener just decided to blow leaves right in. Yeah. I'm glad you could hear it, too, because I've taken – I'm a little under the weather. I took some Robitussin today. I'm kind of He's on that out of it. I'm like, I'm like can, can other people hear this? Oh, man. Um. So I, I, I but yeah, think back I'll, to that, the Minnesota Michigan game, like the yeah, the, putting the context to a game like that for sure. I, I think that I, I was actually speaking. You guys know Bill Connolly, obviously. Yeah. So you know, good good friend of mine. I worked with the Medispination for for almost a decade, and you know, I I was speaking with you know I was speaking with Bill and uh, about you know how much do you count the priors from last year, and I said maybe you could do 
a bit of a weighted formula for how many games they actually played, right? Like I want to count pretty much all of Alabama's, uh, but yeah. on the other hand, look at Arizona State. They played four games. One of them was a 70-7 to win, if I recall, against Arizona, which, I mean, granted, you're going to cut it off at some point for garbage time anyway, depending on what your definition is for, for the college game, but that Arizona team had totally quit. So, like, they, they're jumping the power rankings when you beat somebody to 70-7 and you only have four <laughs> – you know, four, four, you know, four, four data points there on the year is going to be kind of interesting. So I, I think you need to really account for how many games were played. And then it's it, it's it sucks. Like, it's a lot of effort. But you have to go back and look at your notes on this stuff. And I think yeah. you have to, to be willing to manually adjust your power ratings now and just say, hey, okay, what happened here? Like Penn State, a team that was pretty high on coming into the year. They didn't get a real spring. Uh, we know just from talking to folks, they were some of the people, they're one of the teams that took the COVID protocols very seriously, you know, like they didn't host like secret practices over the summer and they weren't doing all that kind of stuff. And um, I think it showed on the field and they also had new, new coordinators and they weren't really able to install their stuff. Right. And then they also got kind of unlucky. So I, I go back and I look at the teams that I was high on entering last year and see, okay, why did they flop? Like I know Penn state's recruited a bunch of really good guys. And Franklin previously has been a pretty reliable coach. I mean, he doesn't beat Ohio State, but he gives them hell oftentimes. And they you know, they go to BCS bowls and whatnot. Um, so going, go, kind of going through all your all your teams right there, and actually, t- it it sucks. There's not a great math answer to this, I don't think, in such a weird situation. Because even these teams that got a bunch of games in, like Mississippi State, elected to play with 46 kids. You were allowed to cancel a game and still pick up your game check if you were under yeah. 53. And Mississippi State's like, no, we're going to play Georgia. <laughs> yeah. and they got crushed but like what do you yeah. do with that yeah i, so I was gonna, just gonna ask you that about alabama like it felt like once everybody kind of took a loss in the sec those programs all kind of eh. yeah yeah you know, like eh. but and, even to bud's point like maybe this alabama season was a little easier to take a look at as a whole and grade it's like well they didn't get to play the citadel and November yeah. this year, yeah, you know, you, you don't throw in like that Troy game or whatever they decide to play. It was it was all SEC competition. Granted, yeah, they're the cream of the crop, but uh, yeah, Drew, when we were putting together the outline and starting to put together some ideas this morning, and I didn't really help at all because I I took it easy <laughs> this afternoon. Well, I, I wasn't dealing well. with this, a little bit of a this is my flu game. Yeah, oh, I this, too. Is my, this is my Jordan flu game, but. And Frank has me convinced to have the Delta variant now, but either way, Drew, I'm kidding. I, I just, just have the sniffles, but Drew asked me like, well, what, you know, what do you have for this? I'm like, there's only one question and it is how the hell do you, you know, rate your priors from the year before. And it's, it sucks because you kind of knew the answer was what you were going to say was, you know, a shitload of hard work, manual, tedious, context digging through game notes digging through box scores figuring out like why did this game end up like this and uh, it sucks because well let's take this we're dealing with everywhere like you think college basketball like you look at some of those teams and be like what the hell happened to this team and then it's like oh they didn't play for 40 days <laughs> like they <laughs> that, that, that was legitimately teams, yeah. a thing like man what like san francisco what, right it was one of those teams i remember like from the west coast was didn't play in college hoops for 
yeah, it was like it was like four I or think, five. I think it might have been yeah USF. There, there was a couple teams that had like oh they just didn't play for a full month or better. You know, yeah. there's some weird things. So yeah, and we we always harp on this about everything: context, context, context. Like you can't just look at a score and oh the the team with more points is better. I guess so. It's just a shitload more work this year. And well, let's again, take it a step further yeah. because this is a market. It's a liquid market. There are a lot of people that bet into these numbers. Everybody's dealing with the same problems. So what do we expect? Mm-hmm. Like the like the the priors probably weaker than ever for just what how they open these, right? Like these markets should move more. They should be more volatile just because everybody's going to have a different opinion. Some people are going to throw out last season entirely and just use recruits and who's available and you know build something from scratch, right? Like there's going to be um, all kinds of different approaches to coming up with priors for college football teams. And there's going to be a lot of people that just pick up the Phil Steele magazine and use those or subscribe, you know, subscribe to ESPN plus and use bills. And then, you know, those, that's going to set the market. So if you can come up with something that's a little bit, you know, just a little bit better, uh, you should have an edge, right? I, I think so. And you also have to be willing to throw out your stuff earlier this year, I believe, right? Okay. Like if, and realize, Hey, I, I weighted this too heavily or, you know, not not properly, and and be willing to get rid of it. I I suspect. Um, I the other thing you have to really account for this year is if your formula uses some sort of returning production number, it needs to be heavily weighted on re, on relative returning production, because okay. the NCAA, what the NCAA did in order to entice all these guys not to opt out of the season, they said if you played last year, you didn't lose a year of eligibility. So all the seniors who want to come back, if the school will have them back. Are seniors again? All the freshmen are freshmen again, and they didn't have to burn a red shirt. So, and this year you're allowed to carry more than the 85 guys on scholarship. Now, for next year, oh. we think the NCAA is probably going to botch this, right? They they're probably just going to say get back to 85 in one year, and schools are saying, "Well, wait a second, we still have all these kids who you gave yeah. extra your eligibility to." So, I feel for the kids, but practically, there's a lot of teams out there who are returning you know, 80, 88, 90% of, of their production from last year. And so if you're just kind of cherry picking, oh, look at all this returning production. Well, guess what? Everybody except for BYU, Northwestern, and maybe one or two more, they return pretty much everybody. Not a lot of teams lost all that much. That's interesting. I didn't realize that that is actually how that worked out. Uh, wow. So basically, um, but this isn't an unknown. Right. Right. The returning Everybody starters, should know about this. Yeah. The returning starters thing, I feel like, is the narrative that I hear beat into the ground around college football offseason talk the most regularly. I, I just assume it's built into the number. Right. Like, I, I assume you're not going to be like, oh, wait, this team has 26 returning starters. Right. No one else. Know, you know, like, no one else knows that. You know, like that sort of thing, I feel like, is pretty well reflected in the numbers. But um, I don't know. Is there is there still an edge or angle around that? I think there could be an, an edge for for some of these teams, especially like if if the market is overrating losses of guys who opted out before the season last year. Okay, you know, like I, see. I mean, there, there there's some guys that played for Oregon who were on Oregon's team, but they didn't actually play; they opted out, right? So yeah. from that standpoint, those guys went early in the draft, but they didn't actually play. So that's not really a loss off the 2020 team. And I think there are a couple instances like that. You know, Micah Parsons at Penn State, obviously. You got a couple other big time dudes who went very high in the draft, and people are going to look at that and say, "Oh yeah." But if you're not really paying attention, you're not realizing. Wait, he he opted out last year. He didn't actually play. Like they, you can evaluate their defense without downgrading them for a loss of somebody who wasn't impacting that defense. 
Yeah, like, and Oregon's the perfect case. You're like, oh, they lost a really good lineman. Well, no, they lost him two years ago, technically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think about that. There was a lot of that going on. And the, the eligibility thing, too, is is kind of wild. I remember when they were negotiating the baseball stuff. Like, that was such a big thing. If they were going to give them a year of service time, completely different kind of story there. But especially with these college kids, like, what are you going to you know, redshirt a season and then they play like, or you, you decide to not use your red shirt and then they play like five games or something. Right. There's a, we can't all play for central or who's the little team that just played every freaking week, central uh, Missouri. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bears. yeah. So they, they were every week they were on my TV. I'm like, this team, this team's all about it. They're playing. <laughs> Going around well, collecting them checks, barnstorming. Let's uh, let me ask you one more question about building a prior. Um, actually, I'll, we'll do a quick rapid fire here. Um, do you feud a combined weight between what you know about the coaching staff and what you know about the players? Like these coaches, yeah, they may only get threes, a couple of fours, a couple of threes, and a bunch of twos, but they always get the most out of them. Therefore, like this is a team that I think their floor is probably five wins, even though they don't necessarily have a star-studded roster, right? Like, do you do like a little bit of weighting between coaching and player? I, I do um, okay. for, for a couple reasons. One, there are some staffs out there who I think I, I kind of hate this term, but it's apt. They, they chase stars, right? Like they might have bonuses in their contracts to go after recruits who are rated highly. And we know that's actually a thing. Like well, you guys can Google it if you want to figure out who I'm talking about here. Uh, and then, <laughs> but those guys may not be the best fit for your team. And in some cases, they're available, even though they're highly rated stars, because maybe they hit a teacher or, I don't know, some other reason, right? Sure. Where other schools are not going to take them. But if you want to get your contract bonus, you're taking them. So then your recruiting score is going to show more highly because you did get a guy with a lot of athletic talent who also, his bus, his bus factor, I think, would be higher just based on like lack of self-control, personal behavior, you know, those type of things. Of course. There are other guys who... I think are smart enough to realize they're not going to win a national title, do not care about star ratings. And look, stars are, are going to be just law of, law of large numbers. Like they're going to be less accurate the, the larger out you go, right? Like we're going to nail the five stars. We're going to do a really good job on the four stars. Our three stars on average are going to be better than the two stars. But I think at a certain point, it does make sense to recruit for your scheme. And like if, if you want to win a natty, recruit all the talent you, you could possibly get and fit your scheme to that talent. If you want to recruit to go to a bowl game or to you know have a special year, which to you is eight wins, get the guys that fit you and find some market inefficiencies on the recruiting trail there. So I do weight the coaches who do that higher because their recruiting score is not going to reflect perhaps the right fit of that talent of those teams. I think Northwestern, since we already named them, is a good one. If you bet North Northwestern's like season total under every year, you're losing your ass. Yeah, sure. Because Pat Fitzgerald doesn't try to win games and blowouts. He tries to play slow. He's a very good, you know, tactical coach. Um, now he probably runs the ball a little too much, and I know you guys kind of hate that too. They're just constantly just running the ball in first down, running the ball in second and ten. But I mean, the game's different in college. Yeah, so in college it, it is. Go tell that to a service academy. I'm not going to tell him not to run no, the ball. That's fair. You guys gave us a perfect segue. Do you weight uh, uh, passing versus rushing equally when you put together a number? Yeah, there, there are some. On, on the extremes, right? Like okay. if, you're, if you're an option team, I, I do sort of – I was working with Conley on this one day. I think this was like 2015, and we were trying to figure out the Army problem, right? Sure. And obviously, <laughs> like, you know, success, ra success rate is based on three downs and then you punt, right? 
I said, Bill, three and a half. Okay, <laughs> right. Army doesn't doesn't view it that way. Army views like, like they they have four downs to achieve success. I said, so what if instead of you know fifty percent of necessary yards on first and then you know X on second, X on third, what if you really cut that a lot? Right. What if you said sure. you need to gain like thirty five percent of necessary yards on first down, and then all of a sudden Army success rate made a lot of sense. So for the option teams, I do tend to underweight the importance of success rate based on the traditional way it's measured, you okay. know, because they're more willing to go for it on fourth down because they're trying to use all four downs. Okay. Um, I also I really saying, am yeah. very wary of these defensive coaching hires in college. Well, another great segue. Do you oh, equally yeah. weight offense and defense? Man, uh, if you're a defensive coaching, like the guys who win as defensive coaches in college are the dudes who basically – pick the offensive coordinator who gave them fits like Bob Stoops when he was Florida's DC he had to go up against a guy named Mike Leach at Kentucky right when he gets the Oklahoma job he leaves Florida as a DC goes to be Oklahoma's head coach he hires Mike Leach to go run the air raid at Oklahoma you know Saban basically got Lane Kiffin because of all the stuff that Hugh Freeze and them were doing to him and he went and he's like all right well hey if, if you guys want, the, he even warned us, if you guys want the game to be played this way, we'll play it this way. Right. So I, I do, I don't necessarily underweight defensive coaches automatically, but I do care who they hire as their, or as their OC, you know, cause college is such a high point environment, man. Like you, you can't be like, I'm, I'm down on Dave Aranda, what he did last year at Baylor. You know, I, I missed on that. I thought hiring Larry Fedora, who's a you know, wide open air raid up tempo guy from UNC to go coach Baylor as his OC. I thought that was going to work out really well. And he's punting on like fourth and two from the 38 in opponent territory. They're just run, run, you know, bail me out QB on third and seven a lot. And like, this is, this is like, like you're coaching, like you're still a DC. Yeah. There's probably, it's, some it's crazy words. that we always say this sort of stuff about the NFL too, with, <clears throat> I don't know, people like Mike Zimmer, people like who we have up in, uh, I can't think of our guy's name up in Denver now. Uh, Fangio, yeah. Yeah, Fangio, oh. like guys like that. We we say that like, hey, guess what? Um, I said that before Fangio ever got hired away from Chicago. I said someone's going to hire him and be unhappy about it in a couple of years, and it's because they like. I don't know if it's a. I'm a head coach now. I have control. I want. I want to be the the man who's here. But like, you need to if you're a defensive minded head coach, you need a whole nother guy. Like it has to be complete separations of power, like the government, where it's like. <laughs> I don't, the offense is your thing. Like you just, you handle the offense. Like I need someone who can take care of that because I'm not an offensive mind, even though I am, you know, the ultimate leader here. And I mean, it is even, you know, stuff like that is refreshing to us because boy, yeah. they just can't get that. They can't get that through their thick skulls. But I think, and I think what Drew was kind of asking too, we kind of got a little off track with coaching, which was good. It was interesting to hear some of that stuff, but just like overall team rating. Like if you're you're rating uh, how it you know a college team how you weight the skill of their offense versus the skill of their defense like because uh, we do it pretty low on defense. Right oh, now. offense just, is more important. Yeah, it's and yeah. yeah, obviously offense is going to be more important, but just how we've adjusted that over the last few years in the NFL based on rule yeah. changes, it's been very aggressive yeah. at this level because there was you know they just keep making it harder for defenders, same, and it's like well it's same in college. Yeah, I'm yeah, curious I, to your thoughts on the last few years in college. It It, it is. The, the one difference I would point out in college is um, there's kind of like, like a covariance issue 
right? There's a lot of teams that can beat up on the bad teams because in college, like in the NFL, pretty much every defense can run, right? Everybody can play man coverage at least a little bit, right? Like nobody's out there just, okay, you can't play any man coverage. All of the DBs are too slow. But at the college level, like that's actually a real thing, you know? And I mean, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the NFL, there are some guys that just can't, some teams that just can't play man. But I I bet you it's more, it's probably more dramatic in in college, I would think. Um, And so like, because the RPO game in college, right? And we have, instead of one yard downfield, we have three yards downfield, which then gets abused like five and six yard downfield to where you're in the national championship game, both Ohio State and Bama are like blocking safeties at like seven yards depth and throwing post routes over their head. It's not that you can't zone that, but you need to be able to play man coverage a lot more. And so I, I do basically award little bonus points for teams that I'm confident can play man coverage. Because otherwise, these teams are just just crush you with all the RPO stuff, right? Like because you don't have backers who can run and react to that. You got to be able to play man. That makes total sense. Yeah, that, it's. Uh, I mean, defense is a uh, what's a weak what's a weak link system. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Well, even even thinking about like the best team in the NFL playing the worst team in the NFL. You know, I, I mean, we could get real extreme. I brought up like the Bama playing Citadel. You know, that's not a fair example, but even Bama playing the worst team in the SEC, I think there's a there, there is. I don't think there's a bigger gulf between Bama and I don't know who are we going to call the worst team in the SEC. I mean, the halftime spread Vanderbilt, Vandy, yeah, or, Vandy last year, Vandy was probably, bad. yeah, it used to be the the. Yeah, well, and K- Kentucky is, used to be a bit Kentucky. more of a laughing stock, but yeah, that, like that gulf just in one conference is you know much bigger than what we see. So like, yeah, these teams with this offensive speed—if you—it's like, oh, we're just gonna RPO you, or you know, even just you see some of these triple option teams. It's like, well, this team isn't fast enough to figure this out, and they have like Navy's quarterback the other year. It's like, well, this guy's gonna mess people up if they don't have a, anybody who can step up and tackle him. Again, this is awful to watch, but it's just it's it's gross. And they're going to gain four yards of carry and work their way down the field every time. So, yeah, defense seems like it matters more because there's there's offenses that are just too quick for some of the people that don't have the talent. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. I I do think that the the other thing we're, we're really watching here recently is that the best teams in college football are they're playing pitch and catch down the field with like remarkable efficiency. It's not just Hey, let's spread them out. Let, let's hit a bunch like high success rate through the pass game. You know, ball control, ball control through, through the up tempo pass game. Like they're they're complete. Like their deep accuracy and and their their EPA on deep throws now has just spiked year over year for about four years in a row now. It is just it's going straight up, guys. And they're just getting so much better at throwing the ball down the field. If, if you don't have the ability to actually hit explosive plays through the air, you know that is a a major red flag to me. I. I I think Texas A&M does a lot of things really well, but I was looking at at their their passing explosiveness rating by Bill Connolly last three years: ninety eighth, ninety seventh, one hundred first. And like, you think like, that's scheme or personnel? A little both. I think it's okay. a really really complicated offensive scheme that they asked Mond and those guys to run. Like Jameis is, right. is, you know, for all the things he is football wise, he's he seems to kind of get it, at least at the college level. In the NFL, he seems like those a lot of picks, but. Um, it's more West Coast ball control. They hit explosive runs, but they don't really hit enough explosive passes, you know. And that's they just can't trade punches with like a Bama or you know LSU with Burrow or you know even a Georgia. 
God. Yeah, I remember the last the time I was excited for them. I was excited for them to like, oh, they're gonna compete. They got Bama right off the right off the, you know, it was the first game, I think. And then, you know, we all saw that go. Was it like a quarter? How long till we had the injury? I think it was first quarter. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, the season's over. Yeah. Oh, Vandy is getting run off the field in Omaha right now. They're going to blow my under on this one. Are they really? Turkeys, yes. Nine-nothing. You're from Mississippi State. Okay. Yeah, Mississippi State, good job. But we didn't need all these garbage runs, guys. We could have just done it respectfully. I am my roommate in law school played for a face for, for, uh, for the uh, Bulldogs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the markets. I'm curious what your opinion is on this stuff because, obviously, Making numbers is one half. Understanding how the markets are moving and all that is the other important half of a handicap. Um, what do you see? I guess what's your expectation this off season coming into this regular season in terms of who's who are the market makers? Uh, you know, is is this push of circa getting out there, hanging the early numbers? Like, is this sticking? Uh, you know, what what markets in the off season have you seen move the most or maturing the fastest? Uh, is who's taking the biggest limits? Uh, do you have any perspective on this, just from kind of looking around at what's going on? Yeah, so I, I think Circa has really been good for college football. I mean, I I, I don't really play there NFL wise, but I, I assume they've been doing the same thing NFL, coming out with with the numbers early. They were one of the first to market with with, with a lot of the numbers, at least among the brick and mortars. Do we count DraftKings and FanDuel as, yeah, sure. as a okay? So like they, you know, they also um, they they also got stuff out pretty early, but their their limits are not are not quite what Circa is I, as far as as I'm aware. Um, you know, so I think Circa has been, it's been really good for the game. Like it used and their numbers, by the way, are sharper. It used to be, uh, you know, BOL that would come out on Sunday afternoons and like, I would have my live show on Sunday afternoons and you could just hear me clicking away and I'd be, I'd, <laughs> I, you know, I'd be like, all right, 500 hit, hit the timer for 60 seconds, go bet another game. And then like when the timer's up, you could go back and bet it again, assuming that it hadn't moved, you know, too much. And then cause it was, was it 60 seconds you had to wait on 61. Sixty-one, it right? Okay. Says sixty-one, which is weird. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's good that you're having a, a a legitimate book like Circa come out, make sharp like they they make good numbers. I mean, I, obviously, I want to bet into them, and and I they they move, but like they're not on an average Sunday afternoon to get you know to kick off on, on Saturday. They're not moving like a touchdown nearly as often as they used to. Like we used to get some stuff that was just it felt like stealing. <laughs> You know, and now like you're like, oh, I got I got a four point differential here. That's now that feels like stealing. Before it was like, this is what what are we doing here? <laughs> no, that um, makes sense. Have you guys about, played uh, anything so far preseason? Uh, no, college I not, football? Uh, no, not not in college. And actually, like uh, where I get most of my action down, there isn't anything. <laughs> like there's no win totals up. There's no other than I think I saw a Heisman market for a hot second. It's gone. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I really. Like, yeah, who who are we betting against? It's not going to be Rattler, so I can put a ten I can put a ten thousand dollar bet down on the kayaking for the Olympics, but I can't bet anything else. College football at bookmaker right now. It's just crazy. Like, what 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 is Chris doing? I, you know? I, I honestly, they're either taking their sweet time to get a really good number because they're they're concerned about the same stuff that we just <laughs> already talked about, uh, you know, or yeah, maybe they've ceded the space to Circa and they're going to let Circa do the market making for them and then open those. I don't know. I, it's a it's a good question. It's a lot easier to let someone else just open them up, take a bunch of bets, adjust them, and then open them like two weeks <laughs> yeah. later and be like, oh yeah, not everybody lives in Las Vegas. Although Circa will be opening in Iowa. In August, 
I will be able to make that 20 minute drive and bet into circuit numbers this fall. So pretty excited about that. You're in yeah. what, Minnesota? Yep, real southern Minnesota. So I can pop across the border and do it. I'm still I'm still in a shady offshore state, you know. Same. Yeah. Although yeah, I, I love I love yeah, our, our be will for a I while. love our brick and mortar sponsor, uh, of course, for CBS and 24 7. So yeah, of course. And yeah. we of course uh WinBet is I'm sure hard at work getting their numbers up as well. So you know how it goes. Um the <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, it just doesn't there haven't been a ton of win total markets. I've seen a little bit of uh, of interesting stuff here and there, but not a lot that I can really bet into yet. Um, you know, when do what I guess maybe they're waiting for this transfer portal to be over. Maybe they're waiting for some of the other, uh, you know, sports to die down because they just know like it's not gonna. It, I guess it wouldn't really serve you if you were a book that was primarily writing tickets on NBA playoffs and Euro soccer. And, you know, and then, oh, by the way, you have this market over here and only the sharp people are coming in and. Walking yeah. <laughs> the numbers that suck, you know, like they maybe they just want to let things cool down a little bit until they can get a little bit more, uh, more volume. I guess that wouldn't be shocking, but they're going to run up against the the seasons starting here pretty soon because it's almost July, guys. So we got like, to say. like nine, nine weeks away now. That's... Yeah. So I guess and as you're doing look at the schedule the too, yeah. there's there's definitely a week zero where there's like five games, and the best one is. Probably Nebraska, Illinois. That's not great. And then there's and then there's a Wednesday game. And then oh my god, like how many Thursday games? It looks like Thursday, September second. There's like fifteen damn games. And then you have Friday the third, where there's like seven or eight games. And then that Saturday is obviously a big old mess. So yeah. I, I I don't mind it. I don't mind a week zero. I like when they just surprise you with a. I've been out and we like you said. I've been out in Vegas for weeks zero. I've definitely bet on Hawaii in like yeah. a game where it's like this is the only football game on right now, and it's Hawaii and it's August, and this is all we can do. So I can get down with that. Yeah, it's also possible. Maybe the books in Vegas make more. They, you know, it's an event to go out and bet college football game of the year lines, right? Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah, like it's a destiny. Like people go out there in the summer and they do that, and that maybe that's why they're a little bit more aggressive at getting this stuff up. And so the offshores have just sort of seeded that ground. But um, I guess you know, did did uh, you know did speaking of the game of the year lines, like you've gone out to Vegas before and gone to the Golden Nugget and wait in line and to whack the ones that are just insane. Mm-hmm. You, you, what, what do you get? You, you get to bet a couple, and then you just pay, you got to get back in line and, and hope nobody else moves the other ones you want, and uh, you know hope the ones you actually hit did move. Otherwise, you know what, what are you doing? Uh, you know? Yeah, when you get back there, you're. I mean, you're right. There are some places that are like that. Like you can bet five, and then you got to go back to the back of the line again, and well, yeah. you can go back again. There's got to be some collusion though among everybody in line, probably right. Like, yeah, you're if you're not bringing a couple guys gonna, together, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you've That's been like. you've been through that before? Uh yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> that- I did I did pull up Winbet. They have win totals for it looks like pretty oh. much pretty much every single, you know, D1 team here. Yeah. And then also uh not only not only conference winners, but conference division winners, which don't get me started on that. Conferences shouldn't have divisions. That's stupid anyway. But uh yeah, the highs the Heisman market, but uh yeah, the Apparently, everybody has divisions now. Pacific 12 Conference, Western Division, South and North Division, rather. And then the ACC Coastal. For some reason, we don't have ACC. Uh, what is the other half of the ACC? The Coastal Atlantic. Well, you Atlantic. Know, Atlantic. They, 
They, they don't really want to <laughs> yeah, pull so I think it's the Legends and the Coastal or something. Legends and Leaders? Oh, that man. was the old Big Ten. <laughs> was in, as a Big Ten fan, that was like embarrassing. What are we doing with Legends and Leaders? They're like making fun of themselves. Like, oh, we're the Big Ten. You know, like, yeah, that was. Uh, the, the reason they don't post uh, the, co- the, the ACC Atlantic Division is because they don't want to throw up, you know, Clemson, Clemson minus 1,400. Minus five, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That, Nobody's going to bet into that anyway. And, and again, going back to the markets too, I do wonder if if you hang markets for this and you take good limits, you're not going to get rec money. Like rec money is betting on the Clippers game tonight. Rec money right, is betting right. their baseball team. <laughs> rec money is betting, you know, oh, we have the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like they're not like, oh man, I'm going to I'm going to piss away a bunch of money on college rentals. No, it, you're going to take a bunch of good bets, sharp money. So like if you don't feel like taking that, yeah, fucking leave it down. Wait for these sports to finish up. Yeah, that's not crazy. Anyway, that so I guess um, if you were trying to, to kind of use any kind of market insight to check your own numbers, would you look at Circa at this point? I, I would. Uh, I Now, look, I mean, the other ones do kind of move and, and, and follow. So if you want to – like the other two places that I know that have hung game of the year, you know, Circa, what, Nugget, and then um, bo- both the, uh, the the original DFS places ha- have as well uh, – and I, I think there's a couple offshores who have the game of the year stuff going on right now. I, I get those promo emails like every single day. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure you guys do too. Uh, if you're, once you're on the media list, you just, you, you can't get off. Um, but yeah, I, I would look at circuit to make sure that, that the stuff is, is moving in the right direction. They also had a little bit of a jump, I think, because they weren't first. Um, now they were first to take, you know, better limits, but they were probably about a week late. I would say compared to you know some of the offshores and some of the uh, some of the, the smaller limit shops, um, so they probably got to see you know, an indication. Like I, I don't make my living doing this; it, it's a decent you know, supplemental income during college ball season. But like, I'm not somebody who needs to wait so so long so I can put down you know 20k on a game, um, you know, to, to ha- have, have the line get hammered into shape. Like if I can get a couple wax at it, you know, with a comma in there, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. That's that. Speaking our language, um, so I don't mind hitting it on Sunday. I like it. The uh, yeah, of course. The um, uh, generally the game of the years, the win totals you've seen, anything especially stand out to you? Like, uh, yeah. So there's a couple. <laughs> um, so on on the Cover Three podcast, we, we've been doing the Around the Clock series, which is where we bring on like the team expert from 24/7 Sports. And okay, cool. You know, we've we've done a bunch of these so far. I think we'll probably do about 30 in all, and just it's basically just me sitting down with these guys, peppering them with questions from my spreadsheet, trying to figure out what the hell happened and and why, and are they going to be any better here? And the w- one that jumped out to me game of the year wise, which I popped and then popped again. Um, and honestly, I, I would bet this up until it, it hit 17 is Ohio state hosting Oregon um, okay. for a couple reasons. Number one, I think Ohio state has by far the best receiving core in the country this year. They had a kid who couldn't start for them in Jamison Williams transfer to Alabama, where he's expected to likely start. So we're talking about the number four receiver at Ohio State is likely going to be a starter for the Tide. Okay. Like they got several first round receivers or like, okay, I don't want to call them first rounders. Several top 100 picks at receiver on Ohio State. I feel confident saying in, you know, Wilson, Olave, and then uh, Fleming and and, uh, uh, Smith and Jigba. Like there, those are some dudes. Now the last two names people don't know because we saw them as recruits, but like, yeah, Tom Herman got fired for a reason, and part of that reason was that Ohio State went in their backyard 
and stole those dudes from the state of Texas and brought them to Columbus. <laughs> They've got a quarterback in success all the time in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> right, of course. Well, who was the last? Uh, Joe Maurer, right? Joe Maurer was recruited. He was yeah. offered the quarterback spot down there in Tallahassee. It just he was a little better at baseball, but yeah, Christ, he was an athlete. Yeah, he was. And he was also, oh, oh man, I almost went to the wrong. I, I said I was going to say Danny Werfel, wrong college. <laughs> but he, I, just, he I, I hung out with his uncle. Oh, nice. There you go. He's from um, up here. So everybody's all worried about the loss of Justin Fields, you know. Sure. But look, we've seen C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud was one of the most improved recruits in the country from his junior to senior year as a quarterback. He was, he was a Cali kid. Moves around well, really good arm. I trust Ryan Day to score points in pretty much any situation. And then I heard from talking to the Oregon guys that their major concern early in the year is going to be the secondary. I was like, hmm, well, I don't know. Given what we just talked about with Ohio State receivers here and Oregon has a lot of uncertainty in the secondary. Um, yeah, like. Might just be on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ohio State Ohio team State total, team total. Over, over 39 and a half, whatever it takes. Oh, it it's, yeah, I think it'll be like 45. I love Jesus. that. What's your um, gut reaction to people who are talking up Miami against Alabama? I mean, seems uh, like a dangerous game to play. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> I did see a message board post the other that D.R. King was bowling without a brace on. So he seems to be recovered from the ACL. You know, he blew his ACL in the bowl yeah. game. Um, I think Miami's offensive line is going to be better this year. I think they'll protect better, but you got to be able to win one on ones on the outside against Nick. That's typically the the pattern we see. Everybody talks about mobile QB, but like I don't know that, that Miami really had a like a big time difference maker at receiver, and they lost a lot of important guys on the defensive line. It's not a game I'm rushing to bet, but I don't like seventeen is not enticing enough for me. You know, if you gave me three touchdowns, I'd probably just be stupid and take it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's not I, one. Are you really kind of surprised to. Miami took this uh, took this game? I mean, you play you play you play Alabama uh, week one. You can kind of really do something pretty terrible to your whole organization. It can really send your whole organization uh, sk- skidding. <laughs> you you can, but like worse teams have like Duke did it a couple of years ago. Like really, sure. Duke's going to play Alabama in, in the I somebody has to play, someone has to play someone has to play week one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alabama will have a week one yeah. game every year. They pick they pick on whatever ACC team they want to wipe off the map for the next five years. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Wake Forest, come down to Tuscaloosa. I, I did play uh, against Alabama in, in one game of the year line. Uh, I, I took Florida plus 14 and a half in the swamp. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. I, I trust Dan Mullen to score points. I, I think he's actually like he's. He's a good recruiter. Florida fans hate him because he's not Georgia's level of recruiting, but like he's a, I think he's a really good game day coach. I think their defense will be improved this year. It had a lot of moving parts last year that I think were affected by COVID. So I think they'll be better. That's not an easy place to go play when, when, when Florida's good. I think they will be good. You know, they have two options at quarterback in, in Emory Jones and also Richardson. I just, I have confidence that Dan Mullen's going to get good quarterback play. Like he's gotten really good quarterback play out of guys who had no business playing the position at all. Uh, at Mississippi State prior. They have some decent weapons on the outside. I think their blocking will be better. So I I, I made that game 11. So cool. 14 and a half, I said, uh, that's something I'm definitely going to take. You're on the right side of a key number. That's the way you, you take a dog. That's the way there, you play the uh, game yeah. of the year. That's the way I was always taught you play the game of the year, Marcus. Oh, yeah. Oh, and even That one didn't NFL, move, by the way, very much. About, we've talked about that with NFL. There's some of those markets where we keep track of it. We just have never had the – I don't know, time or wanted to tie things up on some of those, but 
some of our theses on certain teams that were like, oh, we should bet against this team this year. We said, do we really want to take their team total under? Or do we find three games against teams that we think are underrated and we think they're overrated and bet them in, you know, July? And then, of course, we track that and we're like, oh, my God, this moved 10 points. Like, what, what, are we, what are we doing betting, you know, regular season win totals when, I mean, some, especially with the NFL, they, you know, there's books that will release prices for every single game all year long right off the bat in the summer. God, I wish like we that. had that. Do you have that, any? That would be that would be wild for yeah, college. Do you have any absurd absurd closing line value memories of game of the year stuff? Like I bet this game plus twenty one and they closed favorites. Oh, <laughs> or something. I, I have a bunch that that yeah, I have a couple that have, that have moved like 12, 14 points. Wow! In yeah. college, you'll get that. In the NFL, I don't know if you if you'll get you know two touchdown moves, but if you were high on the uh, LSU Tigers preseason with Joe Burrow, you probably had some numbers that were stupid come that, kickoff. That was wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, the other two game of the year stuff I hit. Uh, I, I took well, I, I took Florida plus the ten against Georgia. That's before Georgia uh, got two really impact transfers. So you know, Arik Gilbert, the LSU tight end, mm-hmm. uh, he transferred back to Georgia, and then uh, Clemson's <laughs> Clemson's best cornerback, Darion Kendrick, who got booted for the uh, the gun and drug stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also transferred to Georgia. So Georgia just got two, like you know all-American caliber in the conversation type players to transfer in. So I don't love Florida plus 10 quite as much against UGA as I did when I bet it. But two, I still really like. Um, I played against BYU in two early spots. Uh, BYU returns very little production off last year's team. They obviously lost a generational quarterback for them. But what I think people are underrating here is that BYU almost didn't get to play last year because they're an independent. And so when all these conferences close ranks and say we're going to play conference only, BYU really had to scrap and claw for a schedule. And the schedule they got, like BYU typically has a reputation of doing kind of like what Notre Dame does, where they go and they play hard, they play hard teams, right? Like, sure. like they usually play a difficult schedule. Going six and six or seven and five, given the, the quality of the schedule they play, is usually pretty good. BYU played a crap schedule last year. Like they just played a bunch of cupcakes. And when they finally played a decent team, Coastal Carolina got them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like, I think. Now that their schedule is returning to a normal like BYU difficulty, and the fact they lost a ton of really good players, um, what did that take? So uh, I took I took Utah and laid six and a half in Provo, and then I also uh, I laid three and a half with Boise State. I, I thought Utah should be over a touchdown. They got a lot of really quality transfers in, and I trust Boise too. I, I think I BYU, BYU is was a legitimate favorite against them last year. And yeah. only lost because they had a couple of D linemen that were unavailable for that game that I remember somebody told me about. And I was like, do those guys matter? Okay, not the BYU. Yeah, they <laughs> yep, they mattered a lot, it turned out. Um, I'm, I'm not, not only game of the year stuff, I'm seeing just like week one, week zero. Like I joked about the Corn Huskers Illini game, but that's up. It's Huskers minus nine and a half. This is a weird one. Like you look at this five years ago. It is Northwestern favored by a touchdown over Michigan State. Like those those programs went opposite directions here. This is why this is why maybe I don't bet into college so much. I would probably just I'm like oh, I'm going to take Michigan State. That's a better program. Give me a Michigan touchdown. State is a weird one for me for a couple of reasons. Like um, so number one, they had one of the latest coaching hires of the season because D'Antonio decided to retire, and then oh, they yeah. went and they got Mel Tucker from Colorado. Right. Uh, so they 
barely got a spring practice in. He got like like or well, excuse me, barely got time to meet with these guys before the COVID shutdown. But like they barely got a signing class in because it was so late in the process. They were a true like year zero team, you know, if you want to use that term, uh, for a, a new coaching staff. They also initially Mel Tucker when he got there, they were very much like stodgy defensive coordinator. Oh my god, like is he really going to look, look what he did in? Uh, I forgot one of his early games. Like the the run rate on first second down was just horrendous, and he basically said. We really couldn't pass. Like we're not there yet to be able to throw the football as a team. And I was like, okay, that's concerning. But he got a lot better late in the year. So like Michigan State could be better this year, legitimately, um, just from coming together and having practice time together. You know, mm. uh, you yeah. know what? That's my game of the year. Look, I'm Spartans plus seven, week one. Wow, I could see it. Northwestern oh, doesn't go, play to bet. Yeah, don't blow anybody out. Northwestern will. Northwestern will, will be. They are, and they'll and they're fine winning by a field goal, Andy. They are yeah, not they, going to. They, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Big they, Ten. Put, yeah. you know, run, 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 punt. Yeah, plus, plus you can. Yeah, you can. 20. You can shit talk Ravel after. That'll be great, man. Oh, the, um, and you know what? You know what else? We joked about you know Penny Sewell. They actually Northwestern actually oh, yeah, did lose. They did lose a really good offensive lineman. So I think they had two. They had two first rounders, didn't they? Or no, I'm thinking TCU. I'm thinking the other purple team they had a couple high end net talent. No, no. Uh, didn't Northwestern have a corner too? They did. Yeah, uh, they, uh, they, yeah. they, they had some NFL talent. They lost. Um, I have Slater so, marked as an opt out, by the way. Uh, so I, I don't think the offensive tackle actually played for for, uh, for the Wildcats last year. But the corner oh, really? did. <laughs> that oh, might, really? that might oh. be true. This is how much college football I watched. I, I just pulled out my sheet. I was like, yeah, he's he's oh, got the opt out next to him. Oh, um, so okay. So the what do we um, need you here? Yeah, this is yeah. This is it's too many moving parts. No way to keep track of all this. Um, is that is the SEC just real quick through the conferences? SEC still the king. Yeah, and yeah, after it, it that, is. Big Ten after that. Yeah, I, I would I would say so. Okay, top to big, bottom, yeah. Big Twelve or ACC? Uh, ACC, I, I because I think like you might think Iowa State's the is is the the third best team if you combine them. Uh, but then I think you have like the, the North Carolina, Miami. I'm very high on NC State this year, by the way. Uh, they had a kid who played for him last year who got hurt at quarterback, but I think he's pretty good. Devin Leary. Our I've buddy seen, Will be loving I know, this. yeah, Will is. Oh, like, he's he's going to love to hill yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, And they've got a bunch of dudes who are like – they won't be first-team All-Americans, but they're like legitimately honorable mention All-American type guys. They it's bring like back will. a lot. He's not yeah. Pete Prisco, but we love him. <laughs> oh, my God. Make, make sure he hears this part. I will. These I'm are marking, all the CBS I'm marking guys. this timestamp down. Um, I, I played okay. NC State okay. over six wins. I, I, Ooh, I thought okay. that was, yeah. Good deal. I like that was this. One of, that was one uh, of the, I, the you know, he already it. tried to talk us into that. I remember him trying to. I think, but I think he had a market for only conference games. Uh, you um, know who put that up was the Nugget. Yeah, it was conference oh. only, and he was like, "Oh, this is a gimme, and this." Is oh, a gimme. that number they put up was a mistake. They had like yeah. two and a half. Con- it had to be a mistake. Yeah. Two and a half conference wins. Oh, that's not right. Okay, so we, we take it with a grain uh-huh. of salt when Will says it, but with yeah. you're here. And well, he's paying attention to the North Carolina State numbers, so he picks up the mistake. Yeah, that stuck out um, to me. I was like, palpable, oh, palpable error. Sounds like yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, ACC will put above the Big Twelve next, though, and then Pac Pac Twelve. Yeah, the Pac twelve is American. I think the Pac twelve is better than the American, but <laughs> I would hope so. Like the but, bottom, the bottom of the American is bad. Like, like we talk about how these these you know good AAC teams are good, and, and they are. But like, 
there's nobody in the Pac-12 that's as bad as like East Carolina, you know, or or, or those type of teams. Yeah, and Pac-12 has kind of come up a little bit. They had a nice little bowl season last year. They they surprised. They might surprise some people. Who the hell knows? Um, okay, so give me three teams that you feel high confidence finishing the top twenty-five that are outside of the Power Five. Oh, they're out of the Power Five. Uh, Cincinnati. Okay. Oh, just go right to the American. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I can think about coastal schedule here. Cincinnati for sure. I don't even know what the preseason twenty-five looks like. I think Boise, probably. Okay. okay, I like that. I like that call. I'm trying to think about like like some ones that are not just super obvious, I guess. Um, see Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the Big Ten, man. They don't I, count. Well, I thought you said that aren't in the top twenty-five already. No, no, no. I, I'm saying okay, outside, okay, okay. non-power five. Yeah, non-power five that finish in the top twenty-five. Oh, USC. Even in the, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. We just want to keep shitting on them being out. I'll, I'll actually go Louisiana. Okay. Oh, look at that. Dan, um, Dan says Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, good. Interesting. Interesting little synergy there. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Louisiana. Now, here's here's an interesting parlay. This is the Billy Napier as the coach at LSU parlay in the first, first week or two. If ULL beats Texas and then UCLA upsets LSU – I'm sitting here thinking, what job is Billy Napier, Napier waiting on at this point? Like, he turned down Auburn. He turned down South Carolina. He didn't want Arkansas. He probably wants to stay in the SEC from what we think. Like, what other job is he thinking going to come open? Because Georgia and Florida probably are not. A&M's definitely not. Jimbo's locked up for like another five years. What, what job is coming open? He probably thinks LSU is. Oh, that's interesting. Do you think LSU's job's coming open? Mm-hmm. I think I they are one of the most like high variance teams entering the season. Like, how many how many wins does Big O need to save his job? I would say like at least eight. eight. If you okay. go seven and five, given all the stuff swirling there, I could see something. What is a fair out. price on under seven and a half? Uh, what is a fair price? <laughs> under seven and, a half? And, I mean, and just just to be it's clear, like minus, Louisiana two hundred ish. Is this the Raging Cajuns? Probably like plus 225. Plus 225. Okay. Interesting. I'm okay. back in Louisiana. It used to be Louisiana Interesting. Lafayette. They shortened it, right? Yeah. They, they want to be called the University at Louisiana or something like that. But I, I just I just put ULL because like, I'm not yeah, They're always going to be ULL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, okay. Good. This is fascinating info. No no love for uh, no, no repeat performance from uh, uh, the Chanticleers? I look. I I really trust their quarterback. I just, I don't know that that was tough. They caught waiting in last year. Felt like yeah. Okay. Like How I, about, I uh, think they like their floor is probably eight and four. Their ceiling's probably eleven and one. How about uh, Liberty? 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 Oh my God, my kids! <laughs> you know that they uh, that, that Hugh Freeze plays Ole Miss this year. He does. Ooh, oh yes. shit! What's that Perfect. game of the airline? Uh, yeah, what what is that? Looking for that. Well, we don't have to look it up, but you, what do you, just in general, your, your temperature on Liberty and Malik Willis in particular. I think Heisman, Malik Willis is Heisman, really, Heisman really good. Horse. Like, I, I would say Heisman, if I had to take somebody, it's probably CJ mm. just because of, of the dudes he's throwing to. Okay. Like, you may, you maybe could take Bryce, but like, how many Bama guys in a row would that be? You know, well, I, I guess Burrow, but, um, you know, you had, you had Tua and then you had, had Devontae last year. But like, I think. Betting on, for the Heisman wise, betting on the QBs who we knew were legitimate studs, right? 
quarterback recruiting was interesting. So we had the year that we had Trevor and, and Justin. And those guys were just obvious. It was like, oh, yeah, this is different. Like, we, <laughs> we don't normally have this at the high school level. And then, like, the next year, it kind of took off. You know, like, they're like, okay, Sam Howell and, and Jaden Daniels stuff. Like, they're good players, but they're not – they're not the same level. Like somebody has to be number one in the QB rankings, but like their their numerical grade was not the same. But you go back to like Bryce Young, DJ at Clemson, CJ, CJ to a lesser extent, but like all three of those guys we knew could could play. It wouldn't surprise me like if you get not great value, but okay value on one of those just because they're not quite as known commodities. DJ being the most known because he filled in for Trevor when Trevor had COVID. That was wild where everyone just like oh shit like he's really good too and I, oh. I made the us i made the usc joke and i'm looking at some rankings now but their week one opponent in san jose state is and yeah, some people stop 25 talk about fool's gold i i'm i remember was it was or did david fail is this david fail school is that where he went it is but the, the quarterback is not uh, – it's not David Fales uh, no, now. No, no, no. Um, a few years ago, oh, I, just, yeah. I had a buddy who was like, this guy is like a surefire NFL star. And, like, I should call him after this because I forgot how wrong he was on that. You know who the QB is? It's uh, Nick Starkle. Oh, wow. Oh, really? He, yeah, he was at Texas A&M. Um, one of my favorite recruits ever because his dad actually held my umbrella for me at the opening in Elite 11. Uh, which was great. So my all my equipment didn't get all all wet, and he uh, pulled it off to the side. So that was that was awesome. Um, no, that they, they're they could chuck it around though. Brent does a really good job coaching there. Like, I don't think you're going to upset USC, but like, they're they're a team that can consistently score points. Backdoor people like defensively, eh, probably not. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, um, they, they don't even open it. Looks like USC opens at them, but they play. Southern Utah first. I'm actually seeing Ball State and Buffalo in the top 25 too. Some action up there. These are the teams I care about because that, come week, that, come the this, weekend. That's got to be last year. That's got to be last year's. Yeah. Am I, am I, I, it's, it says this was updated. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, well, and that's really what I'm saying. Like, this was updated off of last year. This was the end of last year's season. So, like, <sighs> Buffalo loses that running back, right? Well, you know who Buffalo also lost, right? Their yeah, head coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they they because uh, Les Miles uh, got fired at Kansas and uh, and Buffalo had a lot of important transfers leave for Kansas. Hey, so. hey, is that an upgrade of a job, Buffalo to Kansas? Uh, it's a big. I mean, it's they, a power they, five job, man. Yeah, the money you get the power five be. check. Yeah. Okay. Also, like recruiting okay. to Buffalo is really really hard. Like, it's, it's can you honestly expect to sustain that level of, of of hit rate on your recruits at Buffalo year after year? Probably not. Do you remember that tall ass quarterback we kept playing on Buffalo, like uh, two years ago, Drew? I think it was. Oh, yes. My God, he was fun. Like they were the one whose dad were... made him declare for the NFL when he definitely wasn't ready to get yeah. picked by the NFL. Those games were really fun to watch, though, because we just go like Buffalo team total overs and and just play. But yeah, recruiting. It's like how we always talk about Pepperdine. Like, oh man, how do you recruit people to Pepperdine? That must be rough. Like especially when it's like tennis or golf, where they're actually really, really good. But yeah. oh no, te- Pepperdine come, women's tennis come is really to, uh, good. Oh yeah, no, they're they're very good at you know golf and tennis, and it's you know it's up in Malibu, but like yeah, come to Buffalo where it sucks all year <laughs> round. It's pretty much Canada, thirty inches of snow every day. 
So yeah, I can get it. Tyree Jackson. Somebody hit that. Thanks, Dan, in the chat. Oh, Jan, Dan's all over it, man. Dan um, is all over this. Yeah, Iowa State, Iowa game of the year. Thoughts? Iowa State feels like they're they're like a little bit of a positive buzz team that probably underwhelms. That's just my gut. I don't really have anything to back that up. No, I, I agree with you on that, ultimately. Um, so Iowa State, I don't know where they take their next step. Like, yeah. like they extremely well coached. Everybody loves Matt Campbell. They return a ton of experience. But what what's what does the next step look like for them? The only thing they really lack consistently is explosion on the outside. But they don't necessarily play for that all that much. They don't have a ton of dynamic receivers. I, they had a lot of stuff go right for them last year. I really believed that last year, if you were going to get Oklahoma and your name's not Texas, like you need to find a window to do it. And they almost did it. They got them, they got them one of the two times, and Oklahoma got them in the rematch. That was probably the worst Oklahoma team we've had in the last five or six years. Had to be, right? No. Yeah. Iowa State, I think, is a good team, but like Iowa also kind of has their number. They, they they play them very well. They don't try to do a lot of like Iowa State's really good at getting you caught up. You want to play this wide open offense, and they they just kind of gum up your system a lot, like um, how Staley does in the NFL, yeah. quite frankly. And a lot of a lot of coaches in college, including Clemson, went out and studied what Iowa State was doing defensively. But I was like, well, screw that. We're just going to line up with two tight ends. Yeah, have you met our tight ends? If you want to drop, if you want to drop eight, that's cool. Like drop, drop eight into this. You know, what is that line scheme? Did you have that? Uh, I had three and a half on Iowa. Iowa, somebody. uh, That's the only college football play that I've made all season. So Iowa, Iowa's favored by three and a half. No, three and a half. They were dogs. It's yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to get the points. It's in Ames. It's in Ames. I'm going to. I'm going to try to get seven. I there's a guy in my the only fantasy football league that I actually takes halfway serious, and I travel home for big. Like he's got an Iowa State tattoo, and I think I can probably get seven points off him. Ooh, because he'll be. I mean, he. He just gets—it's it's at his house, so he gets pretty drunk, and by the end of it, he's—he's he's talking Seneca Wallace days and how the clones. Oh, actually, you can, get five, you can get five and a half now. So oh, I'm getting I, seven. I, I scrambled to get the right side of the three, and now I can get more points. So yeah, presumably you can get seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting seven from him. <laughs> well, that'll be a fun one, though. It's early in the season. I think it's week two. That's the best game on the card, week two, maybe. Um, oh, one other thing. Oregon, Ohio State's the game of the year, week. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Um, you got a couple teams that didn't play last year. How do you? Oh, that's how, true. <laughs> so like they they hung a three and a half on on Old Dominion, <laughs> and I'm like, look, Old Dominion wasn't good in 2019. They had a bunch of guys transfer out. They have a head coach who's never been a head coach. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the under three and a half here. Like if you look at that schedule, they have they're not favored in many games. Uh, I know that's probably kind of a boring bet, but the money spends just the same. So, yeah, screw it. that's absolutely true. Um, very, Who very else cool. didn't play? Like I'm New Mexico to uh, State did not play, and then the New York Times national champions for avoiding COVID, Yukon uh, Huskies. Uh, they, New York Times named a national title. Wow! So it was those that's three? Like UCF. Do we have one other didn't play. The yeah, Ivy League. Well, yeah. <laughs> They just um, stop sports altogether. Yeah, like so they're going to beat Hampton, but like I don't know that they're necessarily favored at Pirates. UTEP. You know, this is and good info, man. Like I, like I don't know, Old Dominion. I I I thought the number should have been like two and a half. So three and a half is something I'm into. I couldn't come up with a game of the year line for Liberty Mississippi. They're afraid to hang it. 
They are um, cowards right now. <laughs> cowards, out. afraid to hang it. Um, it's weak. I forgot, it's, it's I forgot there November was a few teams late that in the did season. that. The total in um, that's going to be like um, 78. Fun as hell. God, I can't wait for that game. Um, I'm just excited to watch Liberty in general. They're, they're a fun team. Um, all right, let's, let's, I think we've taken up so much of your time. Let's wrap up with a couple just real quick uh, opinion questions for you. I know, since I, I, I love, love, love attending a college football game. I would, if you gave me the choice, I would pick college football over NFL for attendance, ten out of ten. Um, the, com- you know, the the atmosphere, the tailgating, all of it is super way better. Um, and you live, you are, you know, you you're a Florida guy. You can travel the South. You've been to many of these places, I'm sure. Um, give me a, a couple of tips here. Favorite uh, venue? So it honestly, it it probably is LSU. Um, Death yeah, like no, I mean, I'm I'm biased. My wife went there, but like the, the tailgating is, it's unreal. Like like, you know, it's it's not just burgers and dogs or ribs. I mean, you have people making you know etouffee and 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 you know having literal like crawfish boils on on the sidewalk. It, it's just it's like it's like going to Mardi Gras twelve times a year, uh, and then the stadium you know, right right there on the Mississippi with with the sun setting. You know, you get. I don't know what it holds, probably 95 or something like that. It, it's that's a pretty crazy atmosphere, especially if you've gone and done it at night. Um, I think Auburn is actually kind of underrated, special. You know, it's small town feel, but then it's like, okay, small town, small town, small town, bam. It's like, whoa. And yeah. their games <laughs> are always somehow crazy, like on the field. So it's. You know that's, that's a good one. It, that is, I've been there. That is a great environment. Absolutely We're getting a, a late uh, Old Dominion quote in here with the Heineke playoff start. <laughs> was a big. It was a big year, and honestly, he played really well. That was that was a, a low key. He's a top a, five backup coming into this season. Of, oh, the sure. the, uh, the Washington guy. Yeah, yeah that was absolutely. a fun game. That absolutely should not backup. have been a fun game. Have you seen yeah. his workouts on Instagram? No, are they legendary? <laughs> oh, they're crazy. He, he works out with this guy that does all these like like single arm bench press and and like like you like you're balancing yourself on a bend with one leg as you do a de- uh, as a deadlift. It's it's pretty wild. Oh, that's um, cool. Let's well, get tailgating ODU. spot. Look at us talking ODU Monarch football. Um, a lot of Monarch okay, talk. South Carolina for the tailgating. Like South their Carolina fans, tailgating. Your fans are really dedicated. Um, they actually have a train like a, a they have a rail that goes all around the stadium with a bunch of old train cars that they've converted into like suites that you can rent out that, that you know, have, have full bar and whatnot. It's pretty cool. They'll like tailgate in an old box car. That's like, you know, souped up now. Uh, that's, that's a good time. Awesome. Best tailgate I ever got to go to. We did. Uh, I was at Florida, Tennessee in Knoxville one year and I rode the boat down with the volunteer. Oh, you did the tailgating. Yeah. Tailgating. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> so much fun. It's, uh, it's different it's up here. Cause we have to wear coats. This is in September too, so it was hot. It was awesome. The last, the last game I went to, I wore like six layers because it's like we had tickets way ahead of time, and it's like, oh my god, it's gonna be like eight below, and so you're wearing like long underwear under jeans with two pairs of socks and your winter boots and like the the coveralls with two jackets, and your beer is freezing. And you get beat by Wisconsin anyway. You go out there and lose badly and lose the axe. But and our our tailgating is just it's fun, but it's like they just add like six tents to the side of the Buffalo Wild Wings, which is like <laughs> there's a B dubs like a hundred yards from the front entry of the, the stadium. It's just like on campus in the middle of everything. So they just throw a bunch of tents on there and you just get drunk in a B dubs. 
So. Anyway, it's it's not quite SEC ball. <laughs> it sounds about right for Big Ten, though. I'll be yeah. honest. Uh, how about uh, top? What's your your favorite uh, rivalry game? Oh man, um, I I think it's Florida State Miami. Just because, Ooh, like, even when the teams right. suck, like they they find a way. Like, like the fans really get into it, and then that you've had so many good games. There's sort of a weird, like, mutual respect there that you don't really have between like Florida and Florida State, and I think that's primarily because like Florida wouldn't play uh, Miami and try not to play FSU for a while, right? But like Miami and FSU is both more, you know, not blue bloods coming up. They both would play each other routinely and. There's a lot of examples like, damn, we didn't just play each other. We would have had probably more national titles. Or if a playoff had been around back then, a lot of those Bowden teams, you know, likely would have been pretty tough outs in the playoffs. Plus, you most know, of those losses were just insane missed kicks. Right, exactly. And then you look at it, it's <laughs> like, oh, wow, that was Michael Irvin being covered by Dion. In hindsight, yeah, you look back at it, like some of those games. And I remember my dad trying to, because, you know, I understood how the Super Bowl worked. But I remember, like, in the early 90s, my dad had tried, like, well, how do they decide who wins college? And he's like, well, yeah. it's, like, it's complicated. And, like, oh, so the best two teams play at the end. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the early 90s were a weird time. It's like, well, there was, like, four really, really good teams that could make a case, like, at the yeah. end sometimes. All right, what's, what's up? What, yeah. No, night. what's yeah. the best trophy? Ooh. Best route. Because we, we had this trophy. talk about Euros. Ooh. We said, like, Scotland and England should be a trophy yeah. game like they yes. do for, you know, the Nebraska and Minnesota with the broken chair. I think it's Floyd of Rosedale. Right? It really it's, I, it's, the it's the pig. It's the pig. Wow. They play for a pig. It's what, it's what Iowa, Wisconsin? No, that's right? Iowa, Minnesota. Excuse me, Iowa, Minnesota. Yeah, like, I think it's the pig. That's all. <laughs> it's a giant, yeah, it's a giant it's bronze pig. pig. The and they've been thing. playing for it. They've been playing for it for like that trophy's like uh, all those Big Ten trophies are like a hundred years old. Like they're like, it was like, it was like, it was like the, the mayor of, you know, Iowa city challenged the mayor of St. Paul. Why is the trophy called Floyd of Rosedale? It's the what name of the pig. I honestly don't remember. Oh my God. The little, right. the little brown jug's cool, but yeah, the pig's way better. All right. Last question for you. We'll cut you loose. Really appreciate it. This was super duper fun. Um, what's the best venue for the national title? Ooh. Um, it's the Rose Bowl. Yes. It, it, it just is. Like I there's so many things in media where like, oh, this is incredible. And like like the like these guys with Indianapolis for the combine. I'm like, what? Like, no, oh, man. <laughs> Come on. But like it's it's still my it's it's still my background on my phone. You know, like that that's the like with what is the Sierra, Sierra Madre? Uh like the the sunset there. That's just crazy. You get up in the press box here, you see that going down. I mean, it, it's now the grass kind of sucks. I will say, like, I was on the on the field for the uh, the FSU Oregon game. Sure, and it's coming up in clumps. And I was like, oh my god, this is like, is that what tripped Jameis? I'm like, oh well, that 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 are all the butter. From the uh, okay, it was one of the two. Something happened on that play. <laughs> That was funny. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, we were talking to Mattress Mac on Monday, actually, and we, I kind of asked him uh, what got him into sports betting in the first place, and he was like, I bet $100,000 on Texas in the USC Texas Rose Bowl. We went to the game. It was unbelievable. It was like after that I was hooked. <laughs> I was like, yep, okay, sounds about right. Um, so wild, wild stuff. Um, thanks awesome. again for your time. Best of luck to you all throughout the season. 
best of luck to the cover three podcast. Where can yeah, where, where can people find all of your content all uh, your and, stuff. Uh, and really get in depth with their priors for college football? This summer? Yeah. So guys, all, all you got to do is follow me on Twitter at Bud Elliott three, obviously on you know, all the podcast apps are on there with the cover three podcast. Yeah. Bud Elliott, the number three, exactly. Two L's, two T's. Uh, I got the blue check from back in the day. So you know, <laughs> it, it, it should come up first. <laughs> very cool very cool and you're on the cover three podcast you guys cover college football how many times a week uh so off season three times a week in season nice. uh, six days a week we, we will be doing um we, we are we are gonna be bringing back the special where i'm me, me and tom you know tom fernelli who, sure. who yeah, also yeah, makes his own numbers uh we're gonna we'll be live betting and fire on these lines sunday at half probably half time east coast time of the uh of the afternoon games in the nfl so right as they pop at circa standing outstanding yeah. i i was so. going to ask you that specifically and it is i will put that down and be participating Trust vigorously. <laughs> yes yes this is awesome very cool all right well best of luck rest of the summer enjoy your fourth of july thank you for all your time and keep up the amazing work really appreciate it uh andy i'm gonna hit the music let's crank it up there. all right take care i think I caught you with the mute. I'd rather see Tulane used to hold a bunch of Super Bowls. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, there was like three or four Super we must Bowls. Have been keeping him, we must have been keeping him too long. There were a bunch of Super Bowls in Tulane? I'm sure Tulane had a Super Bowl or two. No, come on. Tulane? Super Google Super Bowl Tulane Stadium. I bet the first one was there. <laughs>